Live from the Huntington Beach Hilltop. Is it not working? No, I can hear you. I thought you were going to just... Do you want me to have a, a line to say? Oh, well, I also kind of want to know if my audio is messed up. It's the game through all right. In the morning, and, uh, Troy. CNN. In the morning, Brian Black. That does not flow. No, it does not. Troy CNN. How's the uh, the streaming going? I think that you've like quadrupled your viewers. I wouldn't say quadrupled yet, but I got double. I held a Smash Brothers tournament last Saturday on the what is that? The ninth, and yeah. I actually had twenty two viewers at one point, which is uh, pretty That's good. Pretty impressive. My average is like eight <laughs> for not having boobs. Uh, I'm blown away. That's pretty. Uh, Pretty racy of you to assume my gender. <laughs> so, but yes, it was. What's uh, the the URL again? Twitch.tv slash Troy's boot. I mean Troy CNN. Three and three ends. Three ends. Charlie November November November. Exactly. Never forget the third November. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I had my all my regulars. They were playing. We had one random guy who joined because one of my regulars just sent a link out like he was like hey everybody wants to join because it's free entry there's no there's no prizes but that was just for fun um but towards the end it was really close like final matches i actually like saw this thing just it's kind of thing where everything um what is it snowballs like once you have 10 viewers then they can jump to 15 and once you get 15 yeah. it starts jumping to 20 and so that's pretty much what i think happens is people see the line tournament in a twitch twitch chat and it has like more than zero viewers they get interested. They want to see what's going on. Um, and then I promptly ended it because everybody was like, okay, now we're done. But it was pretty much just a show of me and the regulars that are been on every week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And it was a lot of fun. It was great. Congratulations. That's good. Thank you. Uh, Leave them wanting more. Exactly. We're probably going to have another tournament at the end of January, but it'll be for the, uh, there's these things called Amiibos. They're basically like little figurines out of Nintendo characters, but they always have a double dual purpose because you can scan them like a uh, magnetic code and then depending on the game, it does different things. For Smash, it uploads the Smash character that you train. So we're going to have uh, all of our... We're going to play Pokemon, but Smash style at the end of, end of the month. That'll be fun. Can't wait to watch that. Are these recorded? Uh, yes, Twitch auto-records auto it, and then I always download it. Not every single one, but I download the ones that are important so I can keep a record, permanent record of it. How are you downloading it? YouTube, uh, DL, or something? No, Twitch. It's got it in the video manager. I can just, Ooh. as the host, I can go in and download all the videos that I've recorded on their site. How big um, are they? Oh, uh, let's say an example How many here. gigs per hour? <laughs> not, not that big. Luckily, they're, they're no... They're no higher than what you're streaming at. So it is in the full quality that I'm streaming to them. Uh, let's look for a good example here. Like the tournament itself. Well, if you give me the bit rate, I can calculate it. Oh, I don't know what the bit rate would be. It's it's okay. 3.66 gigabytes, and this was about 2 hours and 43 minutes. Oh, wait. Here you go. Wait. Bit rate. 3,196 kilobits per second. All right. So it's not too big, but not tiny either. So it's only going to look as good as the uh, Twitch Twitch uh, receives it. Yeah. But I mean, that's I don't want to. Ha- I don't need 1080p recordings. I just need something to be like, oh, here's the record of it. Really that cool. reminds me. Mm-hmm. Stand by for Link. 
his website, robotstreamer.com. Robot streamer. Yeah. And Are they streaming robots? Like yes. Oh, shit. I got to mute this. Okay. Uh, there's the link. It's run by this guy named Rick. Mm-hmm. And he sits in this dingy, shitty basement. He looks like a prisoner in a third world oh, country. No. I see a couch. I've seen this this video before online. <laughs> it's not. It's not the casting couch. And it, it's a way worse building than that one. And all around him are robots. Each robot has its own stream. He's streaming four streams at once. It's him chatting with people and three other uh, cameras attached to robots that drive around the room. The viewers drive the robots and the robots have dildos. Oh, no. So somebody's going like somebody's going backwards. Somebody's going right. Like people are clicking all the buttons at once and somebody's pushing the uh, on the ass blaster cam. They're pressing like the the hard. What do they call it? The hard. Hard something. Doesn't matter. But there's a hard mode and a soft mode and everyone's like spamming different buttons. It's crazy. It's not up right now. Ass blaster two is down. I was about to say, I, I see the buttons of left, right, forward, back, but I, it's not doing anything. It's just sitting there. Must be just in between uh, things right now. Uh, yeah, I think the battery's run out. So he's got to gotta replace them. Does that no qualify point. as teledildonics? <laughs> teledildonics? Yeah, it's a new up-and-coming tradi- uh, industry. Get on this hype train while it's, while it's available. Yeah, when are you going to start your teledildonics stream? Oh, he's come back. Why is he adjusting his pants, Ryan? Uh, oh, I thought you were serious. I am serious. He's, okay, he's tying his pants. Okay, other way around. Other way around. The guy's room that he sit, the dungeon that he runs the servers from, mm-hmm. is such a shithole that he warms up eggs in a bowl or a pot. He warms them up in a pot mm-hmm. on a burner that's right next to his washer and dryer. So you, uh, not quite yet, but you almost shit where you eat. I've watched the stream for way too long and played with the Ass Blaster too. <laughs> well, that's definitely taking interaction to a whole new level. Yeah, the latency on the stream is like a half second. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Mine's like seven seconds. Yeah. It really changes the interactivity because the feedback's so fast and the text-to-speech has weird features. Like People can kind of like program in tones. And make mm-hmm. horrific sounds. And um, there was a site, a streaming site called Bitwave. And it was down for a couple of weeks. Everybody thought it was completely dead. So oh, all the Bitwave back. people, they mm-hmm. raided Robot Streamer. And then talked to the guy for hours and hours and hours. Bitwave is back, yeah. Pretty much because the market demanded it. DLive.tv was censoring people. For a good fucking reason. Some of the stuff people were streaming was pretty outrageous. Oh, boy. Yeah, now they add a viewer discretion is advised at the top. Open platform live streaming. Yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't there before. What are these other... Because I'm looking at the robot streamer, and there's these like other links on the left side. Those are all the other streamers. They don't have a front page, per se. They just have streamers. And then the list on the left. It's oh, a very I get it. They're all site. robots. Yeah, I got it. And that's the robots of robot streamers. 
Okay. But I think it started with Rick, and he literally streams robots. Ass-blasting ass robots. Oh, boy. With keyboard controls. That's really cool, though. I don't... I'm trying to think. I know Twitch in the past has had things where you could interact by typing chat commands. They don't have as nice as this guy has it where you actually just click buttons and it'll move around. But there used to be a story where um, this guy set up a Twitch channel where he was playing Pokemon, the original Game Boy game. And he had people work communitively to beat the game, meaning everybody at once was just spamming what moves to do to tell the character what to do. Um, and see how far they could get working like together. And of course, there'd always be a troll that would like try and like sabotage their team. So like they get their first Pokemon and they label it A A A A A A A. That's cool. Um, it he it they almost got through the entire game except there's one part that is a maze. Um, that it just it was just too much chaos. They could never get past the maze. So he he eventually had to implement a like. It was like it would open a time window, like a five, like a minute, and then whatever the command that was most often used by individual users, it would then pick that one. So you had to get more like technical with the solution, and then they were able to get past that part. But then past that point, it was just all Twitch chaos, and they actually did beat the game. It only took several hours, hours of uh, playing, but they actually beat it as a community, which is crazy. Did you know there's a low latency mode? I think that's how they did it, or part of how they did it. You can enable it in Twitch. Yeah, I was just looking at that, but you have to enable it from the user's side. I don't think you can do it as the host. Huh. I thought that so, the stream itself required a seven-second buffer unless you enabled this. Uh, no, because I think it's the stream is just from the host side. He's just streaming continuously to Twitch, and Twitch is receiving it. But I know if you turn off latency mode or turn on, disable, yeah. Enable low latency mode. It makes it so you can't use other features that probably that six seconds of latency is usually used for. Um, like you can't like have it as like a, what was it? You can't have it like as a Chromecast thing. You can't stream it to from your phone to something. It's like something like that. They disable those features so it's just purely to your phone and nothing else. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to look into this some more. That looks really interesting. Oh, I can also talk about it. I found out, uh, just remember, speaking of Twitch, is for my tournament, I found a new feature where you can open up what they call a prediction. You pose a question, and you give two answers, and then you start it, and you like set a predetermined time of how long it'll stay open for. And anybody watching can click an option, you know, A or B. Uh, but to make it more interesting, they have to bet their channel points, which are free. So it's not really betting because there is no, like, you didn't lose anything real or even really anything you had to work for. Um, you just get channel points just from watching. It just accumulates over time. But then, of course, people are getting crazy. And like, they bet it all on, uh, like, Jeff, go, Jeff, go. And then Jeff loses and they lose it all. And then they bet what little they had left on Jeff the next round, and then Jeff wins against all odds, and then they get, like, 4,000 points back. It made it a lot more fun. And that was, like, to me, that was new, and that's part of that whole, like, science of streaming, to make it more interactive, that even if people are just watching, they have value 
place now on the outcome of what they watch. They want to be more engaged. They want to be part of the that engagement, even though I'm not yeah. having to say or anything. I just have to set up the polls, basically. What about real money? Nope, they don't do that. If it is, if the, if you see a Twitch streamer that has that, that means they're going through some third party. What about cryptocurrency? Not through Twitch. An Ethereum yeah, token or something. Which, by the way, a uh, little point in time snapshot. Let's see. Forty thousand. Oh boy. Thirty-nine thousand one hundred dollars. That's the current price of Bitcoin. Thirty-eight thousand six hundred dollars, dropping as we speak. Oh God. Yeah, I went Christmas time be like the highest it'll be, and then it just drops off after that. We'll see. That was the trend. We'll see. Okay. It hasn't dropped yet. I mean, it's still over what what it was like a month ago. It's up three hundred percent in like the last year, or was it more? Let's see. One year. Three hundred and thirty-nine percent. I just feel like I wonder if that's gonna be the thing where it'll just like grow steadily. And then somebody would be like, hey, look over there. Bitcoin's a lot of money. And then it'll explode again like it did. How many, year ago, how many years ago was that? Like it, it was like all the rage and everybody's going crazy for it. Yeah, it apparently happens around the time where Bitcoin uh, halves or something like that. Or, or where the difficulty increases. It's one or the other. Mm-hmm. I was talking about it with a coworker. So the more nodes that are in the network that are trying to mine for bitcoin the problem increases in difficulty i don't remember if that was the reason or if it was the actual value that pays out is cut in half so after you've mined it you get half as much as before at one point Mm -hmm. it was 50 bitcoin i was so close i could have got it that's back when you could mine with the cpu but (laughs) everybody had video cards and all those gpu miners did it really really fast and then oh, somebody like, that there was a video there's a video card shortage during that time because everybody bought yeah. one to mine it. And Steve Gibson of uh, Security Now on the Twit network, he mm-hmm. had mined 50 bitcoin just out of dumb fucking luck because he had the client open for 24 hours or something because the desktop client had mining built in. It doesn't have that anymore. So now let's just say it's $38,000. He would have million if he sold his Bitcoin right now. (laughs) But he reformatted Windows over the Bitcoin. Well, luck giveth and luck taketh away. But the worst part is, he thinks that's what happened. He's not certain. $1.9 million is just weighing on him. (laughs) The $1.9 million. Maybe it's on this drive. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh man, I think I think uh, Taylor gave me a Bitcoin for uh, one of our uh, what was it? It was White gas. Elephants. I don't think it was yeah, Bitcoin. gas coin. But that's definitely fifty dollars worth of it, and yeah. now it's definitely not worth fifty dollars anymore. Well, let me check. Since I thought it was, let me check. Okay. Uh, where would I look? Prices. Gas. One point seven four dollars. One point seven four dollars. So I'm yeah. So you had it at the peak. Increase. It peaked at ninety seven. I missed my chance. <laughs> Try all you have to wait for is for it to go <laughs> up one hundred times. 
What is that? Sorry, I was checking my container where I keep it. It sounds like um, you were loading a plastic gun. Oh, it is plastic, and there's a little clip to it. Oh, okay. So, it's the same parts, same moving parts. So, I was given, I don't know, like 0 0.05 of a Bitcoin back when it was on uh, the service called The Fountain. You'd put in an email address, and then it would just send... Uh, Bitcoin, a fraction of a Bitcoin to your wallet. And they would give out certain amounts just based on whoever donated. Today, that would be worth $1,900. $1,900. I gambled it away on a, a site that, for all I fucking know, it could have been rigged. But it was a fun experiment because it was worth nothing. You got it for free? You get away for free. Yeah. Good times back in the old days that was only nine years ago no it was 10 or 11 years ago i think it was like 2009 that, that doesn't help <laughs> you're like oh nine years ago wait yeah. no wait longer 10 years ago so i had uh like a week and a half of free time and i've been having a lot of fun with technology i was playing a lot of insurgency owning some noobs shooting noobs and we got DDoSed. A oh, yeah, you were telling me this was attack. So this was an insurgency? Yes, yeah, some guy threatened to DDoS us and then was being disruptive to the server, so we banned him. Mm -hmm. And then, sure enough, server crash. less than five minutes later, no, the server didn't crash. Fuck, fuck that guy. My server is over-provisioned, so it doesn't crash. But he did blast us with, like, three gigabytes or something. And I saw a little dip, like boop. It caused a lot of lag. So like 85 to 90% of the people left. And that happened over the course of like 15 minutes or like a couple minutes, multiple times. And mm -hmm. then after that, within 15 minutes after that 15, so like after a half hour, the whole server repopulated and was full again. <laughs> Everybody yeah. reconnected. And then I was migrating all my server infrastructure on AWS because there's these new ARM instances that are super cheap, so you can get servers mm -hmm. for like a dollar fifty a month with the reservation because I reserve I reserve them for a long period of time. That way I can get fifty percent off, and that's really cheap. For a dollar fifty, it's not even worth thinking about it. So I mm -hmm. moved all my Mumble servers to it, so they're all cheaper, and then I just got some extras because why not get a baker's dozen? Now, a DDoS attack, that's basically when somebody sets up a bunch of bots or just pings your server at an incredible rate that's supposed to overload the server and make it crash. Yeah. I mean, what when you're saying you... What, what did you say you did to your server? Like, why does it make it DDoS-proof? It's not DDoS-proof. It, uh, it has more network bandwidth than, the, than what they threw at it. The problem oh, okay. is, I don't know if they were, like, hitting the insurgency process that port number specifically, mm -hmm. but insurgency, the uh, game server just didn't like it and it would lag cause latency issues. Or maybe my network card on my server was a little overrun. So it caused some latency. I'm not sure, but, or maybe the CPU load spiked. It could be a number of things. I'm just wondering what, what can 
what can like let's say how does amazon google how do these places prevent ddosing or what do they do to try and mitigate it it's it's a little tricky because a distributed there's a denial of service attack which is technically probably what i had mm-hmm. and then there's a distributed denial of service so dos versus a ddos ddos is just it sounds better it rolls off the tongue of an english speaker yeah and ddos comes from multiple ip addresses multiple regions it's not really predictable if you have a certain type of traffic you could filter out all the random intermittent traffic and just drop it because the consistent traffic will just keep trying again Mm -hmm. um for a web server you could um you could basically define what are legitimate paths and then drop traffic that isn't a legitimate HTTP request that's going so through a certain path. Have it filter out what it receives, and so it just tells tell tell immediate no to anything that doesn't follow certain criteria, and that's sort of a way. Because I, I thought the whole thing was like the reason why it makes it so annoying is that even if you have your router well, not totally severed, but you know if you even tell it to do that to filter out, it still has to receive it. And if we do enough of those receiving, even though it rejects yeah. it, it's still going to be like having to reject it a billion times and then slow it down or make it crash. That is actually the real problem when it comes down to it. So you have to put a big service provider like Amazon in front of your server. Mm. So I would, uh, to do it, if I were to do it again, I would run it through a network load balancer. So that way, even though I have this little puny inexpensive burstable instance running the game server the network load balancer sits in front of it with like a hundred gigabit nick Mm -hmm. and they could try to ass blast me with robot streamer you know they can just send traffic at me it doesn't matter all of them combined probably don't have enough upload bandwidth to overcome the amount of download that i could i could take so basically just get like a bigger i just need bigger and better a bigger bully to sit in front of you and then they can't bother you yeah and for really big DDoSs, Amazon has a service that you can like press a button and spend $3,000 an hour. <laughs> I'm not joking. And it'll take it. I don't know how it does it, but it's like they, they just can just hot swap the, the network interface or something. They just flip a switch and then the real, the real servers turn on. Yeah. When you pay them real money... They will yeah. give you real protection. <laughs> That's expensive. It's either $3,000 an hour or $3,000 a month. It's pricey. Not worth it for a game server. But I've here's never a, been hit with something that big. Here's a hypothetical. Well, it's it's based on real, but then like I don't know all the details, so it's going to have to be hypothetical. Um, I knew somebody who was streaming, and he's playing Smash 2. So it's already, like, there's problems with it because it's peer-to-peer. So there is no, well, there obviously. Oh, and he got DDoSed? Took the stream he offline? He got DDoSed. Yeah, he killed killed his internet. Okay, I can actually help you with that. What what, what would you do? Uh, you need to run a VPN at the router level. Okay. So then your switch and all your systems wouldn't have a choice. They would just go through that VPN. Mm-hmm. And then, let's just say they don't have enough bandwidth on the other end. You can just... Uh, change out the end node that you connect to and come out on a different IP address and not get DDoSed. Now, I wonder, because if 
Because it's basically he's able to connect directly to the server, and that's how he gets to the IP in the first place. Yep. But then when he connects to the VPN, like let's now say he's routing it through VPN, but the VPN's IP, he's still like DDoS, and then it would have they the can same be, effect. Yeah, but they're gonna have more bandwidth than your home internet. Oh, okay. So instead of being direct, you've got servers in between that hopefully can yeah handle the load. If you really wanted to, you could start up a VPS on uh, Vulture or something, enable DDoS protection. Mm -hmm. I guess they just give it a bigger nick. I don't really know. And then run your own VPN there. And then even if they discover your IP because it's peer-to-peer, when they go to DDoS it, there's just a little CPU spike. That's it. It's a big dog right ready for them. Yep. And okay, you just cool. pay an extra 15 bucks a month or something. But a normal VPN is relatively inexpensive. They could be like $5 a month. You can run your own on Vulture for like 350 Yeah, I use uh, Winscribe. But you need a one? Friend. No, I don't need one. I'm not being DDoS. Okay. But... but you would need one that probably uses OpenVPN because that's oh, what VPN? most of the routers are going to support. Oh, to install on the router. It needs that particular type of VPN. Mm, okay. It doesn't need that. That's not a company. It's just a uh, a VPN network tool. All right, cool. Good to know. Because I was thinking, he's, I was reading what his chat was talking about. He said, like, he tried doing that, but then he's not exactly tech savvy. So I don't think he did it successfully or did it right. Um, but yeah, now now his channel basically died <laughs> because he hasn't he stopped streaming. No and, way. Yeah, he just stopped, and then it's everybody. It's not like Discord. you get DDoSed every time. It's well, a one-time so deal. The weird thing is they tried mixing it up, like doing it on different days. But since he wants to stream it, it's announcing to whoever is waiting for him. Why does he have hey, an enemy? I don't know. I think he was the same situation with you, where somebody joined, screwed him. And the guy got mad and left and then started DDoSing after that. I could help him. Is this somebody you know? Not really. Somebody online that I was following Uh-oh. and just playing with. Not somebody I know IRL. That Very would be interesting. interesting. It would really spice up the stream, I think. Trying to defend against the DDoS while you're playing the game. <laughs> yeah, you have like a you have a meter in the top left. Like, oh no, we're losing, we're losing. It's starting yeah. to spike up. And then then you say, <laughs> send more money. <laughs> Subscriber, three thousand dollars. Then you can have this really cool graph where you can see the DDoS is climbing. And then there's like the pool of money, and you have to race it. You have to put more money in the machine. More money. It's like shoveling coal. <laughs> Until like you little, can little animation of a guy running to like starting to slow down with a yep. with, with a lag monster catching up. <laughs> oh man! And then at the very end, it's, it you get discovered all you have with a lag switch. There was no DDoSer. Oh man! This writes itself. <laughs> there was this old old. Uh, it was basically just a a comic where you see these these two triathlon. One guy's red and he's. And he's running, <laughs> and then there's a gray guy that like sees him catching up. And goes, oh shit! And starts like running faster. And then it zooms out, and you're looking at the YouTube video where the gray bar is trying to keep ahead of the red bar playing. Hello, can you? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just trying to think about what you said. I'm I'm being a bad host. You know when like you're watching YouTube, and it's it's trying to send you the data faster than you're playing. Yeah, and you're kind of but racing basically, it. It's sort of like what we're talking about as far as trying to keep your your gray higher than the red bar would be. 
before you like you have more bandwidth than they are DDoSing you with. Can you stream Switch games over one of those services that let you play or like stream console games? Isn't that what some of those streaming services do? Are you talking like directly on the console itself, like uh, the PlayStation and stuff? Yeah. It's, well, what no. I know is that those are streaming directly to Twitch. It's just like the no, sorry, the other streamers. way around. Like, I don't think Amazon Luna has this. That's a new stream game streaming service that they. Announced. Ooh, I haven't heard about that Luna. In our other chat, that's the one I was making fun of. Amazon Luna. It's like GeForce Now or Google Stadia. Oh, you mean like where they start up the instance for you and you connect to it and you're basically like. Yep. Isn't there like a game console version? Or was that uh, on live? I'm thinking of Stratia as the closest. That was Google. That's like, that's like Amazon Luna. I don't know of one for consoles specifically. on live did that. I don't think they're in business anymore. I think they streamed PlayStations. Yeah, I'm not not familiar with that at all. Maybe Ooh. not. Maybe I'm crazy. Here is uh, that actually just remind me of a new thing that I've been seeing all the uh, Smash people talk about because since it's peer to peer and it's Nintendo and they don't really care about networking, uh, Smash is notorious for being really laggy, especially in a game that requires you know frame perfect. Um, moves and calculations whatever so what somebody did is they've already got the nintendo switch emulators on their pc and you know playing games relatively bug free people have coded a version of that where you you start the game up on your computer and so it's it's playing natively on your side and then you configure player two to be ready to receive from an outside source so someone else you tell them on you know, your IP or whatever it is information they need to know, then connects to your game that, as far as the game's concerned, it thinks it's just playing on Nintendo Switch, no online, no anything. Like it's a local game. Then the inputs are coming from someone else's computer wherever. Wow. And because it's not going through Nintendo's code of whatever network stuff, there is latency, but even like. On average, it's still better latency than Nintendo's own network, quote unquote network. Wow. Like it'd be six frames no matter what on Nintendo's network. But then using this like hexaflux of <laughs> different tools put together, they're getting like four frames on average. Of course, the person who's hosting it still has like zero because they're just, you know, inputting as fast as they can. Um, but four frames still is like a lot better than the six in that game. And people are like, that's, that's basically the new hot thing on Twitch is people are just. They're streaming not their Switch anymore. They're streaming their desktop. That's kind of, of disgusting. In what way? That huge hack, all because the Switch is kind of shitty at networking. Yeah, it's it's a it's like a <laughs> you have to have a very dedicated fan fan base to 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 put that together. I find it really cool, interesting, but like it's just so sad that this hack is performing better than native software that doesn't have to jump through all these hoops of emulation and emulating the connection and all this stuff. Doesn't Ethernet solve most of those problems? Well, Ethernet makes it consistent, but then no matter what, like I was saying, you're going to get six frames. So you press it and there's six frames that have to pass between when you press a button and when you actually see it on the screen. What if you wire the controller? 
Nah, it's, not the, it's not the controller that's creating the lag. It's once it goes online, that's where the lag is. And I'm pretty sure Nintendo... Because I, I can understand why Nintendo did that. They want to make make it so everybody's equal. They're on a pl- even playing ground. So they give everybody six or you know whatever their magic number is. Yeah. That way everybody's at the same lagginess, quote unquote. Because even in the instance I'm talking about where it's emulated... The person hosting it has zero. They are they're playing you know, as fast as they press the button. It's as fast as the the game gets it. The person connecting to them though gets a little bit of latency, so they're technically at a, a disadvantage. But the reason why people everybody's still doing it, and nobody's complaining, is that it's such a small number that it's like negligible. Nobody cares, kind of thing. Even though technically the host has the advantage. Interesting. Yeah, it's you crazy. Know what we haven't had. What we haven't had. Packet loss. That's true. I just thought you were making up excuses because you didn't want to stream with me anymore. You uh, you missed your old love. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I I had to overhaul the infrastructure and uh, I'm continuing to increase the number of things that I more or less self-host because um, I could be torn off the internet. So there's a new email server that's coming out that I like to use, and it is not related to a map in Left 4 Dead 2 that we like to play. The device is called The Helm, and it's version (laughs) 2 of it. So it has uh, six cores now, twice as much RAM, twice as much storage, and it's 200 bucks instead of 500. Wait, this is an email server? Yep. It's turnkey. You plug the thing in, And then you go on the internet and you jiggle some handles a couple of times. And then the rest of it is turnkey. It's really good. I'm I'm making a joke because I said it was turnkey way too soon. But it's really fucking good. And it's the easiest email, self-hosted email service I've ever used. The one thing I've thought about, I've seen, I've talked about, not talked about, I've seen discussions about, you know, hosting your own email server. And that way you have full control of it. You're not going to get... Google filtering or reading your emails, that kind of thing. Like Hillary Clinton. Yeah, like Hillary Clinton, exactly. She knows best. She knows what we're talking about. Um, but, oh, well, I hope we don't get taken down now. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. We're trying to go so long. Um, Sorry, I'll just set up the, the newsletter and I'll email the podcast. Perfect, there you go. How do you prevent, like, just spam? Like, what are you using to make it so you're not just getting totally bogus emails? Good old-fashioned Spazian filtering. That is the tried and true anti-spam that everybody's used. It's not like Google's anti-spam, like my horror story uh, one or two episodes ago about how Google, based on me marking <laughs> my own group email letter, uh, it's a, you know you set up a group email mm-hmm. and then you subscribe the group email to things. So that way you can rotate out what users are getting the emails and you can have multiple people receive email. But some of those emails would come in and then just get automatically marked as spam because somebody fucking spammed my group email. But Google saw that I marked it as spam and said, oh, well, that therefore came from your domain name and you marked it as spam. So we're going to lower your domain reputation. And this is G Suite. This is part of their enterprise service. And Mm -hmm. they they look over to Gmail and they yell, hey, Gmail, ban this guy. (laughs) And... All of Gmail globally sent every one of my emails, even calendar invites from the Google servers 
because it's G Suite. It's part of Google or whatever they call it now. Uh, Google Apps, Google Workspaces. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They changed the name. Every one of those emails went to spam. So the solution was to make more Gmail accounts, email myself at all those Gmail accounts, and then market as not spam. Problem solved. <laughs> so basically, build up your reputation again. Yeah, my reputation is now perfect. What is that? One person's inbox informs every Gmail account globally. So I don't have that with the helm because it's doing it based off of uh, patterns or what I mark as spam that builds the patterns. But it's more or less the same as every email spam filtering you've ever used. Is this... This, what was this, what was the name of the service again that you're using? Uh, spam? It's a device called the Helm. The Did spam it, filtering it, is done by a program called Spam Assassin. I'm pretty sure that's what runs on the Helm. It's just a bunch yeah. of open source stuff. But then the the Spam Assassin, that's basically just working by... Some Bayesian filter. Somebody gives it like, here's a list of emails that are all... Big from dicks. Spam. That gets marked as spam. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yeah. Or penis enlargement. I guess big dicks would go right through, but... Penis enlargement would probably get marked as spam. Yeah, your selfies, right? Uh, my selfies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's more than enough storage on it because your Gmail account's like 30 gigs now, 17. I don't know what what does a free Gmail account have on it. Uh, let's see, mine is currently at where? Where is it? I always see when I don't need it. 16, I thought. Okay. No, it's something like that. Yeah, 15 gigabytes. Yep. So you jump to 256 gigs and you can have unlimited aliases and associate all kinds of domain names like frothymix.info, joke domains, with a bunch of different accounts, unlimited accounts. Well, can, it, cool. can this do more than just email or is it just email? Solely? It also runs Nextcloud. So Ooh. it'll do storage and they, at least on the version of uh the helm the helm v1 which only has two gigs of ram mm-hmm. it's like the bare minimum you'd want for Nextcloud. it has a very simplified version of Nextcloud that just does the file sharing and this v2 one it may have more plus you can plug in a usb hard drive and expand the storage so you could have a couple terabytes of like you could have a photo album shared through Nextcloud from your helm from your house mm-hmm. and then part of using the helm is their backup service. You pay $99 a year for um, for the actual mail service to get... Because re- it uses it's actually a relay. They're the ones that are sending and receiving the mail that gets relayed to your box, to your Hillary Clinton backup server or email server. And <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know, probably costs them a couple bucks a month, which is why it's $99 a year for you. Oh, so it, is a, it does come with a subscription. There is a subscription well. because... They're, they have to maintain a public static IP so that because that's your static IP, mm-hmm. you'll have to email places and eventually that static IP along with your domain names will build a reputation for not spamming people. Mm. Mm-hmm. They want their like, so like what would your email be if you're using this? So is it, does it so end with be at like the helm? Noob, no, noob at, at frothymix.info. Okay, so you can say whatever you want. Just it is relaying through them yeah. before it hits your server. Whatever your domain name is. So if your domain name is Troy with, totally spelled out, Troy with, 
to a Troy C with three ends dot com. Somebody's going to register that mm-hmm. super long domain name. They can make that the domain name doesn't have to even have a website. They can just use it for email. Oh, wait, you just literally just type in dot com, don't even add or anything, and it's going to be emailed to that location. Yeah, the domain name is just a uh, a universal resource link to an IP address, and that IP address can be changed with based on whatever you set in your DNS records. So you can have MX records in there that when another mail server goes and looks for Troy with or Troy C with three ends dot com, it'll check the MX records, find the mail servers and then send the email to that server. And the part of the app on the Helm app on your phone walks you through all that. And then once it's all set up, boom, you receive email. So I feel like the, the one that issue does, since it is relaying still, like it, it touches the Helm site at some point, if they suddenly disappear, does that mean your server now doesn't work at all? Uh, It would. Unless but they, they make they that's released. why it's so easy to set up though, because it is through their site. Yeah, that'd be the, the case with any mail server, or mm-hmm. mail service. The the Helm device also has a copy of your emails on it. Yeah, it's basically like it's it has backup of everything because it's got two hundred fifty six gigabytes, and it's got a solid state. So that should be pretty fast storage too, right? Yeah, NVMe. Yep, and. Uh, the V1 has had this pending update for over a fucking year. Update, They're gonna, update to what? Uh, to add a VPN to the helm. Ooh. So I could actually VPN into the house, access some local service or remote desktop to a computer or something, uh, log into a computer and have it start speaking on speaker and annoy people <laughs> in the house, whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Or tunnel through that so you can securely watch Netflix in another country. I've seen so many ads like it's a YouTube video and they just blast they get sponsored by some VPN ad where that's like the main selling point is you can watch Netflix in other yeah. countries. But, I don't understand how they're getting away with that. I would think Netflix would be like, hold up. <laughs> well Netflix tries to filter an IP address that looks like it comes from a data center. If the okay. ASN the autonomous something name. If the name of the company that owns it is some data center like mm-hmm. Chupa or Amazon Web Services or Microsoft Azure or something, then they'll just block the whole range of IP addresses that are owned by that company. And these VPN services must be, I don't know, like some are super sketchy and they actually rent time on uh, hijacked computers and use them as those are sketchy VPN services. They use those hijacked computers as VPNs and then it looks like a residential IP. Is that why I'm constantly getting my Netflix recommendations, uh, swimming and ballet dancing and, uh, gay eye for the queer guy or something like that. That's the reason. Okay. Yeah. It's just matching it to that. So the Helm VPN thing would be nice because that's just an included VPN service that you can use anytime you're out and about. And it would also keep all your traffic secure 
and it would come out of a, a network you actually trust, which is your house. Mm-hmm. Not like some random YouTube ad VPN company. Yeah, the the high popular one that you don't really know because you can't really see what it's doing. So you hope yeah. for the best. And I'm sure they got some other features coming out for the Helm V2, but I'll have to wait until I get it. I'm excited now is it, about it. Is it out yet now, or is it coming out? It is coming out, and they're all out of the V1. Okay, so they're basically just gonna drop that product and V2 only move on on. Yeah, but they're still releasing huge updates for the V1. It's just pending the release of the V2. Oh, so they want to release it. They probably want to do something like uh, how Apple does it when you know the release update. It updates all the devices regardless of what, well, to a degree, what Basically. version you have. Yeah, but they're all on the same version. Yep, and then if your device doesn't get updated, they send you an email. Oh, do they do they require it has to be updated? Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's a like button. Like bugging you, like, hey, make sure you update. Or it's just more like a friendly reminder. That I check all the time to see if there's updates. There's never an update. There was, but it's been a while because they have excuses. They're like, oh, COVID. COVID. Now, now they're actually producing something. There's something on the website, and everyone's excited on the website. So the company, for a while, we're everybody who reads the forums there where they were concerned about the health of the company, but I think that they must've got some investor because they feel they're, they're always commenting on the site now and they're revitalized. Oh yeah. When you're bathing in money, you know, it's easier to comment than when yeah. you're stressed, depending on the side of the desk. One of my favorite services that I self host is an encrypted paste bin. Paste bin. Yeah, you know how paste bin lets you just paste text and then you it creates a public link that expires in a certain amount of time. Oh, uh-huh. I thought you yeah. meant like you were encrypting your copy paste. I'm like, what are you copying that you need sort to have of. encrypted? It's like paste bin, mm-hmm. that web service, but it's private bin. It's an encrypted version of it. So the server itself actually doesn't know what it's hosting. It's already encrypted on the on the service, so it doesn't see yeah, it. Yeah, it encrypts it like client side in javascript and then it produces mm-hmm. a url that contains part of the key or you could even add a password and then when you send somebody the link you can have it burn after reading so the moment somebody reads it the server deletes it the only version that remains is the one in the browser cache oh like snapchat but they actually do delete it yeah snapchat just stores all your dick pics and then uses them in their deduplication algorithm for later to identify uh, you by your dick there you go yeah, hot dog or not hot dog, like Silicon Valley. <laughs> hot dog or not hot dog. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's their next app. Hot dog. <laughs> you can also upload files to that service, that encrypted pastebin. So since I host it, I know where everything goes, and that is the most useful thing I've ever hosted so far. I and you use it mostly because it deletes itself afterwards, right? So you can just send I, something and not worry about it later? I use it because... It's a good middle ground to copy and paste little bits of information or like upload little tiny files. Um, it's like a store and forward for going between computers. It goes online and then you can, so every I computer can, is hooked up now. I can create one of these encrypted paste bins, copy the link uh, somewhere where I know I can open up the URL because it's a really long URL because part of that mm-hmm. contains the key. I open it up on multiple systems and then I... I can just um, make the URL have an open discussion so I can just keep commenting on it. And then I can just use that one note. I'm going to just call it a note. 
because it's got a whole discussion in it mm -hmm. and I can just keep updating it. And then by the end of the week, it'll delete itself. I just realized that is something I felt like everything went such, everything moved to such a focus going online that I feel like intra-computer communication just sort of got dropped wherever it was. Well, not on the Mac or not from Apple. Yeah, Apple's good because you can like there's oh, a shared transfer clipboard. to phone. Oh, transfer back to desktop. Like you just yeah, no problem. But I was thinking about that as far as like I remember back in the day, it was so cool. You could like oh, type in your password to the other computer. Oh, there's the files I needed and just drag and drop. But like if you copy pasted one thing on one computer, you couldn't go to the other computer, log in as you, and then suddenly be able to paste whatever you had copied. Like it doesn't transfer over so seamlessly. There's but basically, a, this is like the workaround for that. There's a tool. I don't know how secure it is. Um, it's for basically sharing your mouse and keyboard between multiple computers, but it also transfers your clipboard contents. I think it's called Synergy. Uh, I think they call those keyloggers, Ryan. It's a keylogger. Synergy, <laughs> Synergy, Synergy. Is that it? Have you used DuckDuckGo? Yes. Does it produce any results that are useful to you? Uh, usually no. <laughs> yeah, I just switch back to Google. It's so yeah. depressing. You want it to work, but the reason why Google works so well is because it is tracking you. It knows <laughs> everything about you. Okay. I went to Google. I found the fucking right URL. Synergy. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. Yeah, sure. One mouse, one keyboard, yes, one clipboard yeah. between your computers. Yep. This is it. Energy dash stable dash builds. That's a lot different than what I was discussing. That service is a little uh, the encrypted paste bin. I trust more than Synergy. A lot of people I know have used Synergy for years, never had an issue. Well, yeah, this is but this isn't encrypted though. This is just. I think you can enable encryption, but oh. I think it's up to you to to do you that. Turn on. It's not on by default. I don't know, but you should check this out because maybe that would work between two different Windows machines for you. Luckily, I don't have that problem. I just was thinking oh, okay. about that as far as back in the day. That sort of like was like, ooh, we can share files, but then they haven't like gone past that. I think initial. Windows 10 might have that now. Like if you're oh, signed you just... in on multiple. I don't know. I'm just, I'm guessing because on Mac OS and iOS, if I copy something on my Mac, I can mm. go to my iPhone and hit paste. And what <laughs> I so copied cool. is there. And I use that all the time. Well, I'll just, I'll just have to get one of those Windows phones and it'll work, right? They, they kept updating that phone. You remember when they made those? I do. I remember I was tutoring at the time and a student came in and they were like, oh, this is so awesome. I have the Windows phone because like nobody got one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then within a year, that phone died and crashed. And Did you know that's their third attempt at one? They used to have ones with, the, they had like a, a little fucking mouse. A cursor. <laughs> yeah. And scroll bars. I think I if you wanted this. to scroll, you had to go over with the mouse and click the <laughs> scroll bar and move it up and down. Mm -hmm. Oh man, they literally took the desktop and they put it on a mobile device. But well, we didn't really know any better. And then Windows 8, they flipped it. Well, <laughs> before Windows one. 8, they had a square uh, communicator device. Yeah. And they had ads for it in the movie theater. That's, I don't know why they would advertise there, but they tried to come out with that. And then that, it was like the lot, something live. I don't remember what it was called. And then they canceled that. I don't even think it launched. <laughs> then they came out with the Windows phone, which was just the Zune OS. 
I guess so. Yeah. What, Remember what how all not? the text went off the screen and you couldn't read it? <laughs> That's that was the feature of it that it had like horizontal scrolling. So you'd like I, flip. This is basically what Netflix does now. I love how like if you've only known Windows and you hear that like oh text off screen, you're just so used to it. It doesn't phase you. You just go, oh yeah, that's just you know, that's just life. That's just how things should be. Or this, no, no, this, that's how things are. Like, there's nothing around that. At least, the, regardless of what Apple's become now, the one thing they did was like, no, if it's annoying, it's out. Like, it has to make sense. It has to be pleasing to the eye. It does make sense technically. I'm going to defend this Zoom Ooh. interface. Mm-hmm. Um, it communicates by showing the partial text going off the screen. It communicates that there's more over there, and because it's a touch oh, interface, okay. you'll drag it. To discover what's there but it's such a gestural interface that mm. it it requires tribal knowledge that eventually accumulates and people understand it requires tribal knowledge to know how to navigate it so like how do you go backwards all that stuff nowadays mm-hmm. on ios you more or less know most people know that you can just swipe from the edge of the screen you don't always have to go up and hit the back button but the back yeah. button should always be there in the top left or something not an actual, not not talking like an Android back button. That uh, indirect input method. I got that. Actually, makes me think now. Where I got to look at my my new phone because I I know with the new with my old my current phone it ha, it's actual like not a button anymore but like it's actual pad to be back or home or reduce. But for the phones that no longer have that, they're just it's all phone, all touchscreen. Where is you that have button? a work Android phone? No, I have a work uh iphone 8 whatever my phone is a 7 plus and so doesn't my have a work button. phone doesn't have a button it doesn't have buttons a button. on the side but no yeah. home button and it's an iphone so that means it's either the 10 or the 10s oh then it's probably the 10 was there xr there was yeah it's aluminum versus shiny steel no that's not it then never mind so it's gonna be the 10 or the x the 10s yeah but like, what do you use? Is it how did you back on those phones? I, I need to go look over. Well, there's always a button in the interface in the top left. Okay, so it's in the. But interface you could now. just swipe on the left on most applications. Not all. It's up to the developer. You can swipe at the edge of the screen. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's why that's... they made the curved glass initially. Mm-hmm. Now it's not curved. Still a feature. <laughs> it's a feature. <laughs> It's kind of handy, depending on the application. Sometimes if there's like horizontally scrolling content, you can't also add a side swipe at the edge of the screen because then you just scroll horizontally. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's just it's just up to the dev. All right. You got one anything thing, else? Uh, one thing I want to end with, though, I see here in our notes, we mentioned Left 4 Dead 2 earlier. What's oh, yeah. this I see about a Left 4 Dead 3? Valve does not make third versions of games. They they can only count up to two, Ryan. Don't hold and apparently them. they had a problem with the developers of Left 4 Dead. There was some culture clash there. Oh, okay. That's the story that happened. Which is why Left 4 Dead 2 is a little different. Something like that. So mm-hmm. this is not actually Left 4 Dead 3, but it's Left 4 Dead 3. It's called Back for Blood. That's the same team, more or less? It's and it's idea. the original Left 4 Dead devs. Back Here's for Blood gameplay for info. The graphics look pretty good. It looks a little more serious to me. Mm-hmm. Not so cartoonish. Not yeah. so uh, comedy. I'm into it. I want to play it. 
Is it out now or is it just in It's not out yet. I, I actually okay. think that Nate, I mean, that guy. <laughs> hi, Nate. He, I think he brought it up like oh, almost a year ago, like eight months ago or something. And mm. I think we talked about it and then I completely forgot about it. Then he probably brought it up whenever the last time he was on the show before, you know, the accident. The accident, yeah. I've never seen a plane and a train be on the same tracks before, but by that nuclear silo. I don't I don't have the I don't have the clip ready. Well um, <laughs> Maybe we'll play it another time. Uh, but I mean the, the tragic phone call. Tragic phone call. He was doing a live the first live reporting for the podcast. <laughs> the one and only live actual live stream. Um but there Total was there was a closed alpha. I guess it closed, so it's not out now. But that was ooh three weeks ago, really. Maybe they're closer than than uh, than not to actually being released. Oh, yeah. Alpha was released three weeks ago, and there's a bunch of people on YouTube, and they're all streamers, so they're trying to advertise for it, basically. Well, I look forward to the Troy CNNN Twitch stream. Definitely have to do it come Halloween. Twitch.tv slash Troy C triple N. That's November, November, November. That's better. And? And bringyourwallet.com slash contact for feedback and suggestions. That's, uh, you can also try the the redirect. Frothymix.info slash donate. No, slash member to join the community. 30 bucks a year. Basically how much I pay for ring. Yeah, there you go. 30 bucks a year. There's a, a next cloud is a mumble business networking, which I met some really interesting people on that. I forgot to talk about. Get almost all the services to Google without Google. Yeah. Without, um, all the good and the bad. Let's focus on the good. <laughs> uh, see you next week. Good night. Good night.